Welcome to the Tideline Talks podcast, where we discuss all things related to sports medicine, health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that's easy to understand. It's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Michael Scalfani, founder of Tideline Sports Performance and Rehabilitation. What's happening, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Tideline Talks podcast. This is Dr. Michael Scalfani, and today we're going to be talking about the difference between ice versus heat. So this is an age-old topic, and a lot of patients ask me on a daily basis, which one is better for X, Y, and Z, ice versus heat? So let's dive into each one of these and see if we can come up with a good answer for what you might have going on. So when we talk about ice, ice is obviously cold, and that will cause what we call vasoconstriction, which is basically decreasing the blood flow to a particular area. So blood is the way that your body transports nutrients from one area to another, and it also helps to transport waste products away from an area. So if we use ice, we're basically cutting off that particular nutrient supply and waste removal from that area. So that might be a great idea when we want to decrease the inflammation in a short-term environment in a particular area. So let's say that I'm running and I roll my ankle. Well, as soon as I roll my ankle, it may or may not blow up on me. In order to stop my ankle from swelling up pretty rapidly, what we would like to do is we would like to actually put an ice pack on there. And what that will do is that will decrease the amount of swelling that occurs, which in the short term, in about 24 to 48 hour period, may be what we want. Now in clinic, what we see is more of a chronic longer term irritation of whatever people have going on, whether it's a muscle, tendon, ligament, joint restriction, et cetera. So that's less likely to be an inflammation issue, right? So ice doesn't necessarily promote a healing environment. It will actually decrease all of those nutrients and waste products from being carried to or from a particular area. Now, this could be counterproductive with long-term chronic issues. So let's say that you have limited overhead mobility. It may not be the best idea to ice your shoulders after a workout, right? Because that's going to just further limit your ability to raise your arms overhead, right? There is no technically inflammation that's occurring after we try to raise our arms overhead. So let's say that I'm doing a heavy back squat day. It may not be the best idea for me to ice my knees afterwards unless I'm getting visible swelling. So if I'm just experiencing some of that stiffness and some mild irritation that way, and there's no actual swelling and visible swelling around the knees, I'm probably doing myself more harm than good by putting ice on my knees because that's going to limit the ability for my body to transport nutrients to the area to help with the healing process. And it's also going to decrease the blood supply to the area as well. So let's think about when you dip your toe into a cold pool, right? The first thing that you do as soon as you put your toe in a cold pool is you recoil, right? Because your muscles will actually stiffen up. And that's one of the things that ice can do as well. So if I'm having a lot of sore, achy muscles, if I put ice on there, that muscle can actually stiffen up and be counterproductive to what we might want, right? In order to increase that mobility or pliability of that muscle tissue. So let's transition now into ice baths. So ice baths were originally used to cool the entire body's temperature, right? So let's think about crossing the finish line at a half marathon, like what Dr. Mallory did a couple weeks ago at the Disney half marathon. 
Once you cross the finish line, you need a lot of rapid cooling to occur, especially if it's in a hot environment. So dunk yourself into an ice bath and your body temperature slowly starts to decrease, which is what you want to keep yourself from overheating and heat exhaustion and heat stroke, et cetera, et cetera. So some people, though, they like to use ice baths as a recovery method post-workout to decrease total body inflammation, inflammation throughout their entire body. So remember that cold temperatures actually decrease blood flow to an area, and they also decrease the nutrients to that area as well. In addition, ice also prevents waste products from being removed from that particular area. So be careful with using ice baths post-workout or post-activity since your body actually needs blood flow and nutrients to help recover and repair some of the micro trauma that occurs during your workout, right? So let's say that I'm running or I'm doing an intense CrossFit or boot camp workout. There's a small amount of trauma, it's very small at a microscopic level that occurs inside your bodies. And that's how your body learns to grow and adapt to that particular stress to it. We dunk ourselves into an ice bath. We're actually cutting off your body's ability to heal from that micro trauma. So honestly, ice baths are kind of a personal preference. They may not do as much as we thought originally, unless you're really looking to quickly cool your body temperature down after a workout in a hot environment, especially down here in Florida. So that changes gears now to heat. So with heat, we're actually causing the opposite of ice, right? We're causing vasodilation. So we're opening up blood vessels and opening up those channels to help to increase blood flow and nutrients to a particular local area. Now, that's not a great choice to use heat if you have a lot of inflammation. So let's go back to the original example I used earlier of rolling my ankle while I run. I don't want in the short term a whole cascade of fluid and swelling to blow up my ankle, right? I want to actually use ice to limit that. Most of the patients that walk through our door are dealing with some sort of chronic, long-term, overuse type injury. There's really not a whole lot of inflammation going on. So he can be a great modality to help improve some of that stiffness that we see a lot, right? Whether it's joint stiffness or stiffness within the muscles or tight muscles. So let's use another example. Let's say I get done doing a lot of overhead movements in the gym, whether that's pull-ups, toes-to-bar, overhead presses, handstand push-ups, whatever and my shoulder is feeling a little bit cranky and sore. More often than not, my shoulder pain is likely due to some type of mobility restriction somewhere. So maybe the capsule that surrounds my ball and socket shoulder joint is a little tight. Maybe I have limited thoracic or middle back mobility that's restricting my ability to get all the way up overhead. Maybe my lats are tight and are pulling me back down when I try to go overhead. Maybe the back of my rotator cuff muscles are a little weak and they're tightening up when performing a lot of overhead activities. So in all of these examples, we can actually use heat to help to improve your overhead mobility. So let's say I put a hot pack over the top of my shoulder to try to improve the capsular mobility of my shoulder. Let's say I put a hot pack across my upper back to try to improve my thoracic mobility. Maybe I put a hot pack along my armpit area to try to soften my lats and try to increase the pliability of that muscle tissue. Or maybe I just put a hot pack over the back of my shoulder to help my rotator cuff recover a little bit more. So again, now I'm bringing nutrients and healing blood flow to that particular area to try to help my shoulder recover and also to try to help to improve some of the mobility that's going on. So really in summary, most of what we see in clinic, more longer term chronic overuse conditions that may respond better actually to heat to improve your overall mobility rather than ice. And, you know, ice may actually restrict your body's natural healing cascade and tighten things up even more. So if you guys have any questions about ice versus heat, just let us know. Otherwise, I will catch you guys next episode.
Hey, real quick, before you go, I just want to say thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram and tagging at Tideline Sports Performance so we can repost it. And to stay up on all the latest from us, make sure you follow at Tideline Sports Performance on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. All right, guys, catch you next episode.